Welcome to another episode of There's Just Too Much, the podcast dedicated to sifting through our ridiculously overabundant world. My name is Chris Albrecht. I'm your host. And if it's one thing that you just can't get enough of, it's parenting stuff. Oh, there's so much parenting news. If I'm uh, going to apologize right off the bat. If you don't have a kid, you know what? Go ahead and skip this episode because you're probably already tired of hearing your parent friends talk about how much parenting stuff there is. If you are a parent, a lot of this will sound familiar, but it should be fun because I have an awesome guest today. It is Laura Hazard-Owen, who is not only the deputy editor of the Neiman Journalism Lab, but also the founder, editor, writer, publisher, creator, everything of the fantastic I'll Be Right Back parenting newsletter. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thanks for having me. So let's just start. Let's, you know, I, as I was thinking about this episode, I was trying to figure out what bucket to put it in. There's too much parenting, blah. What do you think is sort of a, a, a best way to put it? Is there too much parenting, for like a better word, crap? Is there too much parenting news? Is there too much parenting stuff? Where do you come down on all that? I mean, it's hard for me to say, like, there's too much parenting content because I, like, I add to that content by writing a newsletter about parenting. But I think I still may go ahead and say, like, there's too much parenting content. There's too much advice. There are too many rules. There are too many. There's just, like, too many different ways to go and like things to worry about. And I know that that problem is not unique to parenting, but it feels, it feels, it feels sort of unique when you're a new parent and you're, you know, you haven't like, you haven't done a lot of this before and you haven't really been exposed to like all this stuff before. And then suddenly it just like all hits you in the face. Um, when you have your kid. Yes. And you have two kids, uh, and I have one, uh, mine is six. So I've been going through, I think kind of a, a, a lot of what you're talking about. And I, I think a subset even is just, we, you know, all the studies that come out just like on a daily basis. There's, I feel like there's some social scientific study that's saying, oh, you have totally raised your kid wrong. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, so, and I have, I have a three-year-old and a nine-month-old and like, even in the time between when my you know, when my daughter was born, um, in 2013 and when my son was born in 2016, like that's not that long, but advice changed even then on stuff like how long are you supposed to like have the baby sleep in your room for, for example. And like that changed. And, you know, with my son, it was suddenly like, Oh, like actually you have to have the baby in your room for a year. You know, like if you don't, if you don't, you know, want them, if you want, like, if you don't want them to die, essentially, like it's like urgent and it's like, it's how can this have changed stuff have changed so much in just a couple of, of years. Well, and that's the stressful thing is because everything seems to be painted in such stark terms. Like, if you don't do this or if you do this, your child will A, either die or B, turn into a maniac. Right. Yeah, and, it's, it's overwhelming. So as you were creating your newsletter, um, where can people find that, by the way? Um, good question. So they can go to, if you go to tinyletter.com slash Laura Hazard Owen. It's there. And they can just subscribe there. Um, and the link is also on my Twitter, which is at Laura Hazard Owen. Um, and I'll put links to all of that uh, in the show notes. But yeah, as, cool. as you were coming up with your news, yours is sort of like a more anecdotal take, if that's yeah. the right way of putting it. What, what, what did you want to create? I, I mean, it, it, I wanted to write the kind of stuff that like I wasn't 
finding or wasn't finding very much of, which is like a lot of it is like a lot of the stuff that I think that especially is aimed at, at moms. And I think that moms like see a lot of maybe even before their kid is born is like, Oh my God, it's going to be so terrible. And like, you're going to like get really fat and you're going to need to like be drinking, drinking wine at like 10 in the morning. Like you're going to wear yoga pants. Like you're never going to like be yourself again, essentially. Like it's just like, it's going to ruin you. Um, and it's going to like change your life so much that, you know, like you're, you're never going to go back and you're going to like really miss the way it was. And it's like, it's just never going to be the same. And like, you know, dads, dads hear a lot of that too, obviously. And like, so like you're a dad, like, you know, like some of that is true. Like it is true that having kids changes your life. And it is true that like undoubtedly kids make some stuff worse, you know, like obviously like you can't go out drinking anymore, like, and not have to like worry about it in the morning. Like you are like taking care of another person. Um, but at the same time, like I kind of wanted to stress the idea that I was like finding that I was surprised by, um, which was that like, I was still, I was still the same person. Um, and like things were still okay. And like, you know, there was another person now, but like the same stuff was true that had been true before in a lot of ways. Like I was not a better person necessarily. Like I had like kind of the same flaws I had before, but like still it was, it was me still there, you know? Um, and uh, I think that that's like kind of the theme that's run throughout all of them is like, it's going to be okay. Like it's, there is like, there's stuff that really sucks. And like, there's just like kids can be sort of like awful and annoying and they can also be really great. But like overall, like it, things are going to be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I welcomed my move into yoga pants. So as far as, you know, like the dad perspective, I was totally okay with that. Uh, yeah. Things are going to be, and I, I think it's important also to preface that, I consider myself very lucky. So some of the kind of stuff we're talking about today, I get is sort of first world problem-ish. Like I have a good job, my son is healthy, and I don't have to worry about a lot of stuff. There's a lot of those kinds of stresses that are just kind of, and I think what we're talking about is just sort of like the everyday pressures that are added to the pressure of being a parent that are just sort of widespread. Right. I mean, I should like, I feel like I have to preface like everyone by being like, granted, these are first world problems. Like I'm lucky that I'm like able to afford like childcare and like stuff like that. I kind of keep that in the back or the front of my mind, like everyone I'm writing, um, because I know like that some of this stuff, like it just sounds entitled and like it's going to, you know, it just is. Um, at the same time, like I do think that a lot, a lot of these issues, like some of these are you know, not a lot. Some of them are sort of universal or they're at least like shared across, um, you know, across race and class. And, um, it's stuff like sort of stuff like the pressure to breastfeed. Like, I think that that's like a pretty, that's an issue that like touches a lot of women. Like the, the idea that you sort of have to like feed your baby in one way, um, or you're going to screw them up. Like, I think that a lot, like everybody wants to do as good a job raising their kid as they can. And I think that, um, you know, pressure comes from a lot of different places. And I think that these like actually are, these are issues that like parents from, you know, I think a lot of different backgrounds can bond over. I think that's interesting, especially, you know, you bring up something like breastfeeding because I'm obviously a dad and, uh, you know, for the first six months, first whatever year of my child's life, like it was sort of a dark time for me because I just felt really useless. 
because you know, I, 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 my son was not interested in anything. Really wanted to be with his mom, and you know, they're not talking yet. They're not moving around yet. What are some of the things you hear from your audience that are sort of these universal truths to the issues with being a parent? Well, so I mean, feeding is definitely definitely one of them. So, like the the like impression I'm getting from you um, is that like your wife like was able to breastfeed successfully and like it sounds like it went went okay um and so like I think like that so that like shapes your experience and like probably if she'd had a harder time with it you would have had a totally like different experience where you would you would have been like you know you would have been like feeding the baby more you would have and you would have been hearing more um more from her about like if she was having a hard time with it but like at the same time I'm sure you know, you, you probably, it's like, it's sort of like easy to forget even in six years, which is how old your kid is like, cause I blanked a lot of it out, but it's just like such a weird, it's such a weird time for both parents, I think. So there's like the breastfeeding stuff, like whether it goes well or not, um, the feeding stuff is an issue. Um, what other, what else am I seeing, like, hearing about, like, um, just stuff like parents fight. Um, there's like new stuff to fight about after you have a kid. There's like stuff to disagree about. Um, kind of like coming to accept that like, this is sort of like, this is a part of kind of a part of your relationship now that like, doesn't have to be, it's like, it doesn't have to be this terrible thing. Like I was really surprised how much stuff there was that like my husband and I could just could really like disagree about with the kids and that like, still it was okay. Like it didn't mean we have to like get a divorce. It doesn't mean that we have to like you know, go throw everything out or that like one of us is definitely right or wrong about it. It's just kind of like, this is another like area where people do not always agree about everything. Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. Like, cause I'm a hypochondriac. So first sign of sniffles, especially when they're, you know, especially when they're younger and can't give you any more information. Oh, time to go to the doctor. And my wife was always like, let's take it down a notch. We're going to be okay. But there was this, that sort of overriding tension because I am such a you know, I'm, I'm projecting my own stuff onto the baby. Right. And it's like, you realize like the stuff you've always kind of thought. So like, maybe like you've always like been a hypochondriac and like, I've always been like anxious and like stuff that was sort of a person, part of your personality before. And you like recognize it in a, as a flaw, like when there's not a kid around, like suddenly, like you start to feel as if you are very correct when it, when it, it applies to your kid. And you kind of have to like step back and be like, wait, like this is, this is like sort of the way that I was before. And it like doesn't necessarily mean that like it is definitely the right way to be now. As you're going through and, and creating your newsletter, how much kind of parenting blogs, mommy blogs, you know, dad blogs or whatever are you ingesting as you put together your newsletter or as you shape your worldview as sort of this parenting figure? None. I, I like I almost don't read any of any of them, not because like I think that they're bad or because I, I don't want to, but just because kind of like all, all I read about anymore is like the president and what's going to happen to everything. And I feel as if that's kind of taken over all of the other stuff that I used to read. And now I just read about politics and like freak out all the time. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It, it adds another, <laughs> you know, it's as if parenting weren't, you know, you're like, well, do I need to build a bomb shelter this weekend or, you know? Yeah, it's really relaxing. Um, and it's, it's like fun to think about like how you're going to raise your kids in your bomb shelter. I mean, that's, that's interesting, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Well, you know, <laughs> I've dug mine out and poured the concrete. And so, but yeah, like, so getting back to the stuff that I read, um, 
I also kind of find that like if I read too much parenting content, it sort of it starts to like the way that I write starts to sound like the stuff that I've been reading and I want to avoid that. So I just um, try not to. You know, what do you look back on? So now you've got kid number two. What do you look back on and kind of shake your head about with like kid number one? Like, you know, this is going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Or what changed between your first and second kid? Uh, My second kid. My second kid gets less attention. I mean, he just gets less attention than my first kid did um, because (laughs) I have another kid around and she's like a lot louder and older. um, And, you know, she's she's kind of in your face and I can't do all the stuff with with my second kid, um, you know, one on one that I did with her. Um, I think I had a little bit of an easier time this time. you know, like the breastfeeding, the feeding stuff, the formula, sort of like fear about formula stuff. Um, all of it was, uh, that was all much more in my head, uh, the first time around and it was a little bit easier to deal with the second time. Um, and the other thing I think is just, you know, sort of being able to recognize more that annoying stuff that kids do, like is usually a phase and like it will pass and problems do pass and sometimes it's not even because of something you did it's just because like your kid got older or they like worked out whatever like developmental thing they were going through or they suddenly like they were ready to sleep through the night or they were you know they were ready not to like wake up at 5 a.m anymore and like it passes and like new problems come along but you know you kind of know that like if if there's something that's sort of driving you crazy like it'll probably it'll probably pass too well, what surprised me was how it, it not only does it pass, but it just gets replaced by something else. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, so you like, get like, this is the most annoying thing that's ever going to happen. And then you're like, oh, wait, now that they're four, you're like, oh, wait, no, this is the most annoying thing that they could be doing. Yeah. I mean, and my daughter is only three and I keep like hearing about how four is so is so great. And I should be like excited about four because three sucks. And I see I hear you have a problem with with four. Yeah, it's just it, it's just this sort of constant evolution, whereas, you know, the crying is sort of an evolutionary thing where it's just like, I need help. Come get me. So it's a noise that you're like, OK, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. What can we do to get you to, you know, calm down, take it down a notch? And then as they get older and they start talking, then it's other kinds of things. And then it's, you know, my son uh, really gets into pranks now. And so he always wants to prank somebody or something so wait, are you, is he like pranking you constantly? Are you tired of being pranked or is it really easy to see through them? Oh, it's totally easy to see through them. I guess it's just more, I bucket it. I put that in the wrong bucket. It's very endearing that he likes to prank. However, he comes up with like Rube Goldberg, Wiley Coyote-esque, super complicated pranks that he has to explain in detail. Like we're going to create a fake door We're going to take this door down, we'll put up a fake door, and then we'll try to get mom to walk through it, and then we'll put tape on the other. And it's just these really uh, complex structures in his mind that I want him to sort of express. But at the same time, I'm also like, okay, this is like the fourth prank in a row that you've told me about. Um, It's like a crazy person, like, ranting at you a little bit. Like, let's, you know, not going to lie, a lot of that is, like, the same with my daughter's, like, pretending games. I mean, like, it's, like, I'm really so happy that you're using your imagination and that you're doing this, but, like, I would just sort of, I would also love for you to, like, just talk about it with with somebody else, yeah. you know? Yeah, or 
I love that you know what uh, Bulbasaur evolves into in Pokemon. However, it's 5.30 in the morning and you need to go back to bed. Right, yeah. We had a big issue with him sleeping through the night. Like that took a long, it wasn't until he was five that he really slept through the night. And that was, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, tiring. I feel like everyone, like nobody sticks to almost any of the parenting things that they say they're going to do. And like, I did not stick to any of, like you maybe have like one thing that like you really wanted to do and like it ended up that you did do it. So I felt like going in like my one thing was that I wanted them to sleep through through the night. And so we did sleep train them. And every single other thing that I said I was going to do from like breastfeeding to like not snacking to like, you know, or like not eating in the car, like not watching TV, like every single other thing is, is gone. Like I didn't, I didn't stick to it. It was just like sleep training was the one thing that would forever reason, like, because it like appealed to me. Um, I, I did that one. And yeah. I bet you have, like one thing you did where you're like, yeah, I said I was going to do that. And like, I did do it. Well, good for you. It's the small victories, right? And I guess that's that's kind of what you write about a little bit. Or, I mean, you, you write about a lot of different things. But I think it, your approach to the parenting newsletter is a really good one because it is just so like if you read the paper or go online or anything, there's always something that's just like you're going to mess it, you know, you parent reading this are going to, you're going to do something and it's going to forever impact your child. There are no take backs. And it's really important to like, I don't know, celebrate the things that we do get right. Yeah. Or at least like also just sort of not freak out about the things that we get wrong. Um, because how are we supposed to know before we have kids, what, how it's going to work? Like, why should I feel bad for like, I shouldn't, I don't need to feel bad for like, going back on like my dumb idea that they were I was remember like I was telling my mom before my kid was born I was like yeah like I'm never like gonna give her snacks like when we're in transit she's only gonna eat at a table and, oh like, my that's uh, I, that I, like, <laughs> I can't believe I even said it and like I don't know how my mom didn't just laugh in my face instead of being like wow like oh that you know sounds good sounds like a good plan like it's just it's like really easy to say stuff before you've actually done it. And like, that's fine. But like, you don't need to beat yourself up later when it doesn't, it's like a million times harder and it doesn't go exactly how you thought it was going to go. Yeah. The kids, people, kids are people too. They come in with like their own ideas about how, you know, how things are going to go and they have their own preferences. And, you know, it's like a person. It's not just sort of like an idea that you like put your beliefs onto, I guess. As much as we try. Yeah. Yeah. They have other ideas. Is there a story from one of your recent newsletters that has particular resonance for you that either you're proud of or you think people would really like? Yeah. So I think that probably one of my favorite, one of my favorite ones that I've probably written was, was one of the ones that I wrote uh, kind of early on. Um, and it was about something that this woman, I was like reading a book on the subway um, and and uh, it was the book was all the light we cannot see. And this woman like sat down next to me on the subway and starts uh, like talking to me about how I had liked the book. And I was I was just sort of annoyed because I was like, like, look, like I'm on the subway, like I'm reading a book. Like, I don't I don't want to have a, a conversation on the subway with a stranger about this book. Um, but we did end up talking about it. And she said something that uh, I just thought was like really interesting that has stuck with me for a long time, which was. You know, we were, we were talking about how this book is about the Holocaust and, and she was saying that since she'd become a mother, like she just she couldn't read stuff like that anymore. Like everything just like hits her a lot harder emotionally, which is something that I totally understand. And like um, it's like it becomes a lot harder, like I think when you're once you're a parent to like 
watch a movie like where a kid gets hurt or like something on TV, like you're always putting your kid into that, into that position, you know? And she said, uh, once you have a kid, she said, it's, it's like you're holding the abstract in your arms. And like, all of a sudden, like all of these kind of like weird stuff that's like floated around you for all these years just sort of comes, comes into perspective. And like, you see it, you see it in like a person in front of you. And it's a very, it's like a really strange experience. And I tried to sort of write about what that's been like uh, for me. So that, that might be a good one to start with. Yeah. Two things on that. One, uh, I am the same way. If there's a kid involved in a movie or kids getting something, I'm out. I Nope. Can't do it. My wife is a big fan of Better Call the Midwife. I don't know if you've watched that show. Uh, yeah, I have. It's a it's a fantastically well done show, but I'm like, nope, can't, nope, 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 and nope. Like things that don't always go, things don't always go well on that show. Like they often do, but not always. Right, and it's but it's the moments they're just you know extra gut wrenching. I like that idea of the abstract, but I also think it's sort of just the uh, ambiguous or the unknown that you're holding in your arms, right? Totally. Like it's the idea yeah. of you can't control it. And so you're trying to control as many things as you can. And I heard someone say once, you know, like if you see a bear in the woods, you're not necessarily scared of the bear. You're scared of what you think the bear is going to do to you. And that's not what's happening in that particular moment. And the idea of from this moment, as I hold my son or hold his hand or walk across the street, there are a billion things that I can't control. I know. It's, it's really scary. And I think that like, just sort of evolutionarily, like, we don't, we kind of don't, like, we have some found some way of like, not thinking about it all the time, because it would be paralyzing. And we would just never get, like, you'd never be able to do anything. You'd never, never be able to like, let your kid like, leave your site, leave your house. Um, and then there, there are just these little moments when you're like, Oh, my God, like, this is actually a huge deal. Yeah. But I, I don't want to end on a downer note. So is there something that you can, uh, what's something good that's come from the I'll Be Right Back newsletter? You've been doing it for what, a year or two years now? Year. I've been doing it for a year. Um, I think that like the awesome part of doing it has just been like hearing from people who read it, who I didn't know, who are like, yes, like I also feel this way. Like this is what I was wanting to read like this is why I like your newsletter and that made me happy because like as we said at the beginning there is like a ton of parenting content out there and I was worried that I wouldn't be able to find like new stuff to write about and I'm sure it's all of it is like it's all old in a way like it's all been written about before but I'm happy that I've been able to write about it in a way that like feels new to me and like feels new to the people who are who are reading it. Yeah, it's it's new to someone else, and hopefully you can get a few new subscribers after people listen to the show. Laura, thank you for being on. How can people find you? How can people find I'll Be Right Back? I know you, you mentioned it at the beginning of the show, uh, but one more time in case people are interested, your newsletter is I'll Be Right Back. Yep, and it's um, if you can go follow me on Twitter, it's uh, Laura Hazard-Owen. Laura, H-A-Z-A-R-D-Owen. And it's all there. Excellent. And thank you so much for being on the show. We'll put links to everything uh, in the show notes. And thank you to everybody listening. And I think as Laura pointed out, don't worry, if your parents out there, it's okay. You're doing a good job. You're doing okay. Just it's okay, everybody. It's okay, buddy. Just relax. (laughs) And we'll be uh, back next week with another episode of There's Just Too Much. Thanks for listening. 